Hi guys, welcome back to another Not the Top 20 betting show, sponsored by Black Type Bet. Now, since we've been partnered with them, Black Type have continued to offer a £10 free football bet for those who sign up to a Black Type account using the offer code NTT20 on sign up. Now, you don't even need to deposit anything in order to get that £10 free football bet. But what you do need to remember is to enter the code as you are registering for an account, not, and crucially not, after you've set up an account. So it's coupon code NTT20, and you'll get a £10 free football bet appear in your bet slip immediately. You don't even need to deposit any money. So go and get that. Go and sort that. I know many of you already have, so there's something for you as well. Scoreboard was a game that we introduced over the last few weeks. Uh, we didn't have any scoreboard winners last week, but to be fair, there was only one nil-nil across the EFL, and that was Oxford against Southend. None of you picked that to be your bore, to be your nil-nil. Uh, plenty of you picked uh, the correct score games, that is, games that are over 4.5. So go again this week. More chance of a win uh, in, in a sense that there are only two leagues this weekend, League 1 and League 2, uh, to work with. So send us, tweet us, at NTT20pod, hashtag scorebore. Tweet us and Black Type Bet with your picks for a game that will be nil-nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals. We're going to get into our picks. Uh, before that, we're going to get into a brief championship chat. No games to pick from uh, this weekend, but uh, a fairly major talking point and story that broke late last night. First and foremost, George, I'm going to give you the floor to tell us about last weekend. There's been a huge swing in the uh, battle to be the, the best NTT20 picker. Yeah, finally I'm ahead. Um, it, was, it was a good weekend for me last weekend. Um, 4.35 points in profit over the weekend with four <laughs> winners and, and two losers, including a winning nap, albeit a very heavily um, odds, uh, odds on. But uh, yeah, really happy to be getting back towards level uh, now. I'm at 3.02 in the minus, but... You know, given the the two profitable weeks in a row, hopefully that'll continue. Um, obviously, it's a long old season. We're only in October, so fingers crossed. Some people have kept the faith, and we can get into profit soon. Not such a good one for you, mate. Minus two point three three, not disastrous, but not great. You are now minus five point zero five. So I am just over two points ahead of you in the battle between us. But that's not the important part. The important part is to get that minus into a plus. And, I think uh, at least one of us is trending the right way. I mean, I think that is the important part, personally. Uh, of course, I'd love to be uh, moving into the green. And, I'm, you know, I'm very hopeful that both of us will. But, um, you know, a, bit, a big part of this for me is on a competitive level. I'm not going to lie with you. And um, I'm pretty gutted. I, I thought I was sort of cruising. But uh, but here we go, a big swing. No, I, I, I'm... It's one of those rivalries where only one of the teams care, I think, because I'm not too fast. Right. Well, at the same time, I was very much <laughs> cheering on uh, your winning picks last weekend, uh, especially that Coventry pick falling our way, or your way rather, right at the end. Um, you've got a lot to thank Amadou Bakayoko there for, for, for that. Um, but we are going to move on. We're going to talk championship now and a brief touch on the news last night that Aston Villa's new manager will not be Thierry Henry flanked by John Terry. It will, in fact, be Dean Smith, uh, Brentford manager, Brentford head coach, I should say, uh, moving to Aston Villa. He will be frank, franked. He will be flanked by John Terry. Freudian slip. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he will be flanked by John Terry. 
And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting move, this. It's a, a move between championship clubs, um, a move between a club in seventh place to a club in 15th place, a club that, that many consider to be a, a huge club, in inverted commas, and a club that many consider to be a small club, in inverted commas. Uh, and there's quite a lot to unpack, George, and... and you tweeted that you think this suits both parties. All parties. Th- All parties. Three parties, yeah. What's the um, third? Dean Smith. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll make this pretty brief because we want to get into the betting stuff and on the betting podcast, but it seems silly not to cover what's the, probably the biggest story in the championship this season. But it's something we mentioned on the podcast, or I mentioned, I think, a week ago, um, where it just seems it's a concern I've had as someone who thinks Brentford should be doing better, is that maybe Dean Smith, it was the it was the not the bad apple, but wasn't quite up to the level um, of the rest of the club on the way they're operating. And, I'm, you know, he's brought in as a bit of a firefighting measure when uh, the, the, the last manager didn't work at all. Um, someone who knew English football a bit better. And he obviously adapted very, very well. I mean, it's a, it's, it was an incredibly different job to the Warsaw job. Um, and he's evidently a very talented coach. You can see by the style of football that, that Brentford play. I mean, he deserves huge credit for that because you can be given a group of fantastic players, but you've still got to coach them into something effective. But having said that, I think that the that their recent league positions uh, have been disappointing. I think that the squads they've had have been capable of, of, of a top six finish without question. And um, and I think that he comes out of this with immense credit. And, you know, I think a lot of people looking at Brentford on social media yesterday seem to think that now that Smith has gone, they're going to drop away. I mean, I, that, I cannot see that happening whatsoever. But having said that, he's a capable coach He's a local guy. He'll be at least, at very worst, a safe pair of hands for Villa. Um, and we've seen, while Steve Bruce just couldn't really get the best out of the attacking options that, that, uh, that they've got, it's something that Smith's had to deal with for, for years oh. at Brentford, an absolute plethora of options to play both in, that, in the 10 roll up top and, and on the flanks. So turning that into a successful attacking outfit is something he's been able to do. And for Smith... Um, I'm not necessarily convinced it's a step up in terms of prem- Premier, Le- uh, Premier League aspirations at the moment. Obviously, the size of the club, it's a huge step up. But I think for him, um, it gives him hopefully a little bit more autonomy over what he's doing at the football club rather than just being the, the first team coach as he was at Brentford. Yeah, that, that's been something that slightly clouds judgment of Dean Smith at Brentford, isn't it? Because we always caveat it with, well, he gets a bit more help than than pretty much any other manager at this level in terms of the recruitment team, uh, the coaching staff, and the way that they, uh, the way that they approach their club and, and the processes that they work under. Uh, so now it will be interesting to see. We should mention as well that Villa uh, signed a, a director of football or sporting director of some sorts at the same time. So um, it's all going to be. It's going to be just interesting to see how it all falls, and in the short term, who knows? Because uh, Smith and Terry's working relationship will be interesting. Uh, as well as with the new man heading up football operations above them. Um, it seems like they're trying to recreate, to an extent, the Brentford model, uh, but I, I don't imagine that will be easily done quickly. The good thing is, is as we always mention, they do have some exceptional players. And looking forward to seeing Smith get the best out of them. The, the favourite at the moment for the Brentford job is Thomas Frank, who is their assistant head coach at the moment, or was under Dean Smith. Um, we were uh, Darren on Twitter flagged this up to us last night um, I'd be shocked if it was anyone but Thomas Frank uh, he was brought in to take over when the time was right uh, no idea if he's the right person for the job but I trust them to get it right so uh, I think he's been really slashed in the last few hours uh, this morning 
to be the next Brentford manager, that is Thomas Frank. So we'll go more in depth on that. Just a nice little thing about Frank is, according to his Wikipedia page, he was sat from the Bromby job after the chairman was caught uh, posting, uh, sorry, criticising about his team selection and tactics on a forum under a pseudonym. Nice. So he's got that. I think the owners at Brentford will be slightly um, more supportive and... You know, whilst I'm a little bit on a selfish level, I'm a bit disappointed we're not going to see that the name they're going to pluck from somewhere. Um, if it was similar to their player recruitment, it does seem to make sense to bring someone in who's who knows how the club works, is aware of the players, is aware of their B team players as well, who he was initially given. Um, charge well, he, of. they sort of have plucked him to an extent. I mean, he's yeah, in Danish. 2016, though. Yeah, but that's what what we know about when they lose players is that they tend to have players already there to yeah, replace them. Spot on. Um, and maybe that's what's happened here with with Thomas Frank. He's also got a, got a bachelor's degree in PE, so good for him. Nice. Like the Cowley brothers. Um, anyway, we move on. We move on to the match in focus, which this week is Accrington against Bradford. We hadn't done either of these teams, so excited to, to have a look at how they're getting on. Uh, Accrington are in seventh place. Bradford in the relegation zone in 22nd, just above Plymouth and Oxford, of course. Uh, but under David Hopkin, um, you know, they, they, they made that change Pretty swiftly, uh, he's had six games in charge, Hopkin, one win, one draw and four losses. The win came away at Wimbledon, possibly a touch unfortunate to lose against Sunderland last week. Uh, don't seem to have really clicked yet as an attacking side. George, when you've been thinking about this one, analysing this one, where have, you, where have you fallen here, Accrington against Bradford? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to um, back either team to win this game. Uh, personally, I think that Accrington have had a, a magnificent start to the season, maybe slightly flattered by their league position. Um, but they've they've proven that they're at this level on totally by uh, by merit. Um, they've looked very solid indeed at the back, and uh, and you know you're seeing Billy Key nicking your goal here and there to to get them points. I mean they're, they're not winning games by plenty of goals, but they're winning games. Uh, Brad, Bradford on the other hand, I think we're starting to see Hopkins' influence on the team coming to the fore here. It was a it was a difficult start for him. He came in and lost his first three games. Since then in the league though. Looking at a nil draw at home to Bristol Rovers, which on the face of it doesn't look great, but actually, given the run of form, isn't a terrible result. Then an away win um, at AFC Wimbledon, who, again, are really struggling at the moment. So four points in those two games is probably par. And then a 2-1 defeat against Sunderland, which is by no means, um, you know, it's, it's not an awful result. Sunderland are going to beat a lot of teams this season. So maybe we're seeing them trending somewhat in the right direction. But I think crucially what we're seeing here is, is, a, is a better defensive record. They, uh, I think Hopkin is concentrating on preventing the, the, the leakage of goals that happened under Michael Collins's reign. Um, you're looking at Sunderland, those two goals against Sunderland being the only three they've conceded in the league in their last three. Um, sorry, the only two in the last three with two clean sheets beforehand. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a game where, where both teams concentrate on, on the defensive work and look to nick it, nick it late on. Um, they've both proven that they can keep clean sheets. Um, and for that reason, I'm going for, a, for an under goals bet. Under two and a half goals, it looks a bit skinny to me. Um, at about 8 to 11. So I'm going to go for under 0.5 goals in the first half. So that equates to a nil-nil, uh, nil-nil draw at half time um, at, a, at 7 to 4 with black type. So uh, nil-nil at half time, Accrington versus Bradford. Both teams looking to, to, to basically ensure they get their point and, and see if they can nick it at the death basically seems like an obvious way to go here. So yeah, 7 to 4, um, I think that's, that's good value. Yeah, Accrington projecting pretty well in, in, the, in the data. Uh, in terms of shot ratio, there's there's plenty of different different sort of uh, different people whose 
metrics I've seen, but they tend to be around the sort of sixth to tenth market in League One from what I've seen. So, uh, you know, they're, they're very much in their position of seventh on merit. Um, they only lost their second league game of the season, obviously, last week. And, and that was, you can sort of heavily discount that because Connor Ripley was sent off the goalkeeper after just 16 minutes. They'd started that game against Shrewsbury very well. And I've seen a lot of Shrewsbury fans saying how grateful they were to, to Ripley for, for the Kung Fu kick because uh, I think that result could have been very different had they kept 11 on 11. Um, Sean McConville continues to lead the league in expected assists, uh, which is something that one of our favourite people on Twitter, Blades Analytic, dredged up. So McConville and Key stepping up with no issues. A couple of, as ever, great bits of recruitment uh, from John Coleman and his team. Uh, Finley has been tucked in behind Key in a 4-4-1-1. He looks like a, a tidy player. Um, they, they brought Zanzala in on a permanent and he's become a good option off the bench. Uh, really stretches defences. Scored the winner against Doncaster. Dan Barlasser added a bit of silk in central midfield. And, uh, and I like Ihikwe, uh, who was at Rotherham last season. He's at centre-back now for Accrington. So it's an Accrington side that we continue to be impressed by. Bradford, big issues with injuries. Uh, they only had 16 fit players for their game in midweek. Uh, in the coming weeks, they will welcome back uh, the likes of Josh Wright, Alex Jones, Hope Akpan, Owen Doyle. Uh, but it's, it's not clear how many will, will feature this weekend. Probably not many of them. Uh, and with Scannell suspended, Jim O'Brien, the key man in midfield, injured. Uh, you know, it's, it's not great for Bradford in terms of Accrington. Ripley, obviously, suspended. So Johnny Maxted comes in. Uh, he's their backup goalie. Quite a fun one was Maxted had an absolute blinder against Accrington for Geisley in the FA Cup last season. I think it was the second round. And Accrington just bought him, just straight up. Just was so impressed by how good he was. They just uh, straight up purchased him. So Max Ted gets his chance. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the lack of goals vibe here. Um, I think it'll be quite a tight game. A bit like you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Accrington nicked it. But I, I'm just not, I'm, I've just got a feeling that Bradford will keep this one really tight so I'm, my pick is a, a draw in this game and under 2.5 goals at 3-1 to one. Um, so if we get a 0-0 or a 1-1 uh, we'll be very happy with that so draw and under 2.5 goals at 3-1 to one here at Accrington against Bradford in League 1 this weekend uh, what are our other picks George I'm going to come to you first I want you to tell me about your nap my nap um, yeah having gone for a heavy odds on shot last time for my nap um, I'm going back to the old tactic of, of, of looking... I mean, I think this is a, a cracking bet. Um, it's Morecambe away at Carlisle. Uh, it's my nap at 3-1. to one. Uh, I think that you know, Morecambe had such a funny season this season. Uh, three wins, one draw and all the rest losses. But if you're looking at the three games they've won, it's been Northampton, Macclesfield and Grimsby, the three poorest teams that they've played so far this season. Uh, in terms of just the league table, that's probably a bit harsh for Northampton. Um, but uh, and I think they're facing the next one in that list now in Carlisle. They're very good in those games, aren't they? It's a, I think as it's, if they've been playing games like that for years and years. Well, that's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, this is, this is nothing new here. This is Jim Bentley 101. Um, and Carlisle's last three home games have been, they haven't scored a goal in the last three home games. Then they've been beaten by Grimsby, Stevenage and Tranmere. Three, I mean, not three of the best teams in the league whatsoever. Um, I think they're really, really struggling at home. That, that 3-1 win away at Oldham, Last time out was obviously a big result for them. Um, but at 3-1, to one, I'm happy to, uh, to take a chance here that Morecambe are going to be bang up for this. Um, I think normally we talk about Morecambe as being 
the, the, the odd side who, who massively overachieve compared to their um, performance data. But this season, um, from what I've seen and from, from the work of, of various people brighter than myself, they're not um, by far and away the worst team in this league based on the performance data. Um, and I, th- I mean, this is a huge game for both teams as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm napping uh, Morecambe to, to beat Carlisle at three to one. Nice. My nap is also in League Two. It's a bit more of an obvious one, I guess. Uh, so interesting to see the different tactics, I guess. You're going with a, a, a real confidence pick there and, a, and a, a very interesting one. I'm picking MK Dons to beat Cambridge away from home this weekend. The price is six to five. Um, MK Dons have been impressive defensively all season and in the last few weeks starting to develop the attacking side of their game as well. Uh, previously struggling with shot conversion, a very, very low percentage, but in the last few games we've seen that uh, start to pick up a little bit. Chucks and Nike uh, very much coming to the fore in recent weeks and Reese Healy as well. They dispatched Cheltenham last weekend and uh, in almost every game that they've played this season, uh, MK Dons have looked you know, very comfortable, even even in many of the ones that they haven't picked up wins in. Um, they've only conceded eight goals in 12 games. I think he's sort of built from the back first, Tisdale, which is uh, probably a pretty pretty smart move. And, and they look well set to be in and around the automatic places for, for the whole season, really. Um, I think that they've got plenty going forward to cause Cambridge problems. I probably would say that about any team. My pre-season hopes and, and expectations for Cambridge were so far off the mark. It's not even funny. Um, we've talked about Morecambe being bad uh, at points this season. Grimsby, Crewe, Northampton, even Cheltenham, we, we've, we've pretty much slagged them all off at different times for different reasons. And Cambridge are below all of those five teams at the moment in the league. They're 23rd in the table. I think we've let them get off quite lightly um, so far. You did pick against them last week, I think, um, or one of the previous weeks. So, so, you know, we're starting to realise that this Cambridge side is heavily reliant on George Maris and Giovanni Brown for all their attacking output. Um, Their depth of strikers never looked good when they started the season. The fans made that point clear, um, you know, as as the window was closing and the club did nothing. Jabo Ibire, Barry Kaur and Adi Aziz, um, there were problems about injury issues which have reared their head. Um, And just the fact that these guys are, you know, not... Prolific goal scorers, that's what we're seeing. At the back, it's, it's no better. They've conceded 25 goals in 12 games, Cambridge. Um, just pretty poor all round. And, yeah, very worrying for Cambridge. I know that the fans are, are very, very unhappy. Um, I can imagine that if the game on Saturday doesn't start well, then you know they'll, they'll make their displeasure very much heard. And <clears throat> that, in turn, can make the, fi- the players feel extra nerves and um, MK Dons are a very business-like team. I expect them to treat this as pure business and go to Cambridge and win on the weekend. So MK Dons my nap at six to five. League One now, George, uh, where are you looking in League One? Yeah, going going back to the old darlings, Barnsley. Um, I seem to be a curse for Barnsley uh, this season, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen again. But Barnsley at 21 to 20 at home to Luton. Um, I'm a massive, massive fan of this Luton team, and I think they're going to be up and around the top end of the table come the end of the season. But their away form hasn't been good this season at all. Uh, we've seen them beaten by, by Portsmouth and Peterborough um, away from home, as well as Doncaster. Um, they got their, their win away from home against Oxford the other, the other week, which 
Um, I don't think it tells us too much and it took them a 97th minute um, winner to do so and they were playing against 10 men for the last 20 minutes as well and, and went 1-0 down albeit um, they never deserved to be 1-0 down um, whereas Barnsley again just when I was maybe having a couple of doubts about them um, being as good as I'd previously said go and absolutely demolish Peterborough <laughs> um, completely yeah I mean play them off the park and, and, and beat them comfortably 4-0 um, there is a slight concern maybe about Barnsley's away form uh, sorry home form I mean their away form is proving to be better than their home form at the moment but I, I think we've seen you know obviously dropping points at home to Plymouth wasn't great and Walsall in the last two games uh, at Oakwell but having said that we've, we've seen them play well at home this season um, before I mean on opening day again against Oxford but but again a case of teams r- trying to sit deep and just uh, try, trying to leave I'm not really point. sure I mean I, I don't think that's Nathan Jones's way anyway I, I think this game will be an interesting contest live on Sky as well so Excellent. the added um, it's, I mean it's going to be a, a brilliant watch mm. um, but the added uh, you know pressure of that I guess and I just thought you know when I look through whenever we do this I always look through the matches um, without looking at the prices basically to, to kind of understand where the outliers are going to be in my head and, and I definitely had Barnsley down in my head here to be odds on I mean maybe possibly 8 to 11 so given you're getting a shade of odds against um, at 21 to 20 it, it's not it's not one that I'm necessarily you know, because, I, because I do like this Luton team and because I could see them going to Barnsley getting something it's not one that I'm mad keen on but just in terms of, of being a bit startled by the price, I guess. Mm. It's something I'm happy to tip up at 21 to 20. Well, I'm very happy to tip up Plymouth to beat Oxford in what I consider to be the big game in League One this weekend uh, between the the league's bottom two teams, Plymouth away at Oxford. Uh, I'm picking them at five to two here. Uh, Here are some things that we know. Plymouth have played five of the top six this season. Their results in those games have have clearly been very poor. Uh, They've played two of the bottom seven, uh, beating Wimbledon last weekend and getting a 0-0 draw against Bristol Rovers. Uh, So they play against another poor team and I feel like they are, you know, for obvious reasons, better against the teams in and around them. Uh, Here's some more things we know. Oxford don't like playing at home and that comes from what the manager has said and and what you've said from going to some of those home games. Uh, Oxford's performances are not seemingly getting any better either. Um, They got a point against Southend last week but I don't think it was a, a particularly impressive performance. And we haven't seen too many of them over the last few weeks from Yellows after a couple of decent ones early in the season against the likes of Sunderland. Um, and also Oxford's defence gives up chances. Uh, and we learned last weekend that Freddie Ladapo can actually score. So these are all quite key points for me when I'm looking at this game. Um, I'm picking Plymouth to beat Oxford at 5-2. to two. A great man who is sitting next to me once said, streaky managers tend to always be streaky managers. And I think Derek Adams with a fantastic point at Oakwell in midweek last week and a great win to kickstart their campaign against Wimbledon. I think we might be about to see a, a mini streak. So Plymouth away at Yellows at 5-2. to two. I thought you were going to be a bit upset about this one, but uh, given your long shot pick, turns out you're, you're not that upset. You're actually pretty much onside. Yeah, yeah. Um, my long shot pick is very sadly... Um, Plymouth minus one in this one. Uh, I mean, you've covered most of the reasons um, as to why uh, Oxford's home form and home performances... Is this the old, if we go 1-0 down, the crowd's going to turn and it could get ugly? 
it's partly that, but it's partly also the tactics that are, have to, are going to have to be employed by the manager as well. Um, whilst I've been pretty adamant that, that he's the new owner's man and that he's not going to be going anywhere for a while, I, I think that may be about to change. Um, I think that if we lose this one, there's, I mean, depending on, on the terms of, of any uh, managerial casualty, um, I think there's a chance that he may be out the door. And that means that if we do go 1-0 down, not only are the fans going to turn, but also he's going to have to set up his team to play a certain way to try and salvage his job. And whilst that may work, I also just can't really see a world in which that wouldn't create more opportunities for goals. Um, It's shocking at the moment, Oxford's home form. Um, And as you mentioned, Plymouth, I mean, I think they will, Derek Adams will get them bang up for this. Um, so it's with a heavy heart that I'm, yeah, tipping up Plymouth minus one at seven to one with black type. And uh, you know it's now going to be a draw because then no one's happy. So Yes. <laughs> well, um, for all of those who laughed at George for picking yellows uh, a few too many times this season, now's your chance to get against Oxford seven to one that uh, with black type. And remember that if you haven't already signed up to a black type account, you can do so with the coupon code NTT20 when you sign up you'll get a £10 free football bet that will just appear instantly in your bet slip when you have signed up providing you use that code so you know that could be uh, an option for that £10 free bet could be a nice option Plymouth away at, at Oxford I've tipped it up as my league one pick and George uh, the minus one as his long shot my long shot uh, we seem to be talking about Forest Green a lot at the moment um, they got a draw last weekend against Notts County, uh, against Newport County, I should say, uh, in a pretty tight game. I think that I'm, I'm still very much getting behind them, getting with them. And in this game away at Northampton, I'd like to do so by picking Forest Green to win and both teams to score. They have shown uh, that they will concede goals, Forest Green, um, in their last few weeks. But, and I think that Northampton we keep mentioning it and we keep being let down by them but I do feel like they've got the the attacking players and the spine of a team to you know to to score goals uh, whether Keith Curl has had enough time to implement a, um, an attacking system that that's you know refined and and uh, and effective we're not sure and you know remains to be seen how Keith Curl and Northampton will work together but I think that Forest Green are a good price to win this game and I'm going to double that up with BTTS uh, for my long shot. I think that uh, a 2-1 or a 3-1 for Forest Green is, is more than possible at 9-2. to I'm, I'm very happy to make that my long shot. Um, last but not least, George, both teams to score. Uh, I'm going Fleetwood v Shrewsbury. I, I really was put off a, uh, by, by some, some short prices across the board this weekend um, for some of the BTTS bets. Um, I noticed that Barnsley, I mean the Peterborough Scunthorpe, for the right reasons, the bookies are uh, making it pretty hard to back BTT, yes, yes, for that game. Um, but I'm going to go with Fleetwood Shrewsbury. This one's even money to be both teams to score, yes. Um, and I, and I, I understand the reasons why. Neither of these teams have been, um, have been plundering goals. Fleetwood did get four last week against Doncaster. Um, but as we've mentioned, Shrewsbury probably not scoring at the same rate as they are creating chances and, and so I think there's a good chance that they'll get a, a few decent looks against Fleetwood whose, whose home form hasn't been as excellent as their away form this season but Fleetwood again with Madden uh, with Evans up front 
Uh, Hunter coming in off the left, good from set pieces as we saw last week. Um, always a good a good bet to score. So BTTS, yes, at even money for me in Fleetwood Shrewsbury. Uh, so you can finish us off here, George, with your BTTS bet. Yeah, it's Cambridge versus MK Dons. Uh, normally I'd be looking to back MK Dons to, to, to keep uh, teams out, but I think it's a slightly mispriced uh, Cambridge in terrible, terrible form, um, losing 4-2 to Newport, 3-1 to Forest Green, and then 2-0 to Crawley. Um, but they projected okay in terms of attacking numbers, in basically all of those games, even the last one against Crawley, Ben Mayhew had the uh, had the XG stats um, as 1.4 to Cambridge, 0.7 to Crawley. So maybe a bit hard done by there. Uh, MK Dons are, are, are coming into a bit of form, I would say. That 3-0 win against Cheltenham, a 2-0 win against Port Vale, um, looking like they, they're starting to get going, going especially going forward. So at 4-5 here, um, I don't think Cambridge are going to be able to keep MK Dons out. Um, for 90 minutes but I think that maybe the market is, is slightly underestimating Cambridge's ability to, to score especially at home given the, the, the numbers they're posting and the fact they have scored goals in recent weeks as well just just in games that they've lost so can't keep yeah, them out exactly 4-5 to five here um, looks like a decent price to me especially given as you mentioned some of the short prices around um, for, for games of a similar nature good stuff thank you George thank you listeners thanks for tuning in to another NTT20 betting show sponsored by Black Type. Two ways of getting further involved here using the coupon code NTT20 to set up a Black Type account and make the most of their £10 free football bet. Or if you've done that already, get involved with Scoreboard on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out uh, instructions, but you can get ahead of the game by tweeting us and Black Type with the hashtag Scoreboard and picking from this weekend's EFL slate a game that will be nil nil and a game that will have over 4.5 goals. Hopefully, our picks have given you some food for thought this weekend. And as ever, all the best for your picks, and uh, enjoy the weekend.